Yesterday, forward Phil Tomasino was reassigned to the Milwaukee Admirals. What are the Nashville Predators doing? We're going to talk about it on today's Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Predators podcast, and thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Of course, we want to start out this episode the way we start all of our episodes with a special shout out to our Locked On Predheads, our everyday listeners who tune in to talk Nashville Predators hockey with us. We appreciate spending a little bit of your day with you and we thank you for your support. I'm Ann Kimmel. I am a writer at the Hockey News and I'm usually joined by Nick Morgan, my partner in crime, but Nick is off today. We have a lot to dive into. Of course, tonight, the Nashville Predators take on the New Jersey Devils at Bridgestone Arena in a game with plenty of importance when it comes to points and the wild card race. A little bit later in the show, I'm going to be joined by Locked On Kraken, co- uh, Locked on Kraken host Erica Ayala. We're going to talk about the wild card situation and these teams in the Western Conference. We have a lot to get to before then. First, I want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Of course, the big news of the day and the topic that we really need to discuss out of the gate is the news that broke yesterday. The Nashville Predators reassigned forward Phil Tomasino to the Milwaukee Admirals. Now, this move is probably not a big surprise to Nashville Predators fans, nor do I think the reaction from Nashville Predators fans is surprising There are some really big feelings among the fan base. I heard from some of uh, our Locked On Pred heads about how they're feeling about this move. We talked about Phil Tomasino on yesterday's show, again on Saturday in the game against the Arizona Coyotes, close game. Phil Tomasino took one shift in the third period. We've talked about how he doesn't see a lot of time in tight games. Andrew Burnett has talked about it. But the Predators pulled the trigger yesterday, reassigning him to Milwaukee. And the overarching theme that I'm hearing from Nashville Predators fans is, is this turning into an Ellie Tolvanen situation? Are the Nashville Predators heading down the Ellie Tolvanen road with Phil Tomasino? And here's what I want to say, first of all. I think this is a valid question. I think... This is something that Nashville Predators fans have a reason to be asking. And here's why. Let's look at these situations. You have two first-round picks, plenty of offensive potential. The expectations are that these players are going to come in and they're going to play a top-six role for the Nashville Predators. They come up. All of a sudden, they're not getting consistent ice time. You see them being healthy scratched. You hear things about, we need to develop different parts of their game. They need to clean up mistakes. They almost become one and dones. One mistake and you're done. Eventually, we all know that the Nashville Predators lost Ellie Tolvin for nothing. 
when they placed him on waivers. And it was a really big loss because the expectation for a long time was that Tolvanen was going to be a big piece for Nashville. Here we are with Phil Tomasino in a situation that feels eerily similar. So not only are we asking ourselves, are we going down this Ellie Tolvanen road? I think that there's a deeper question that is starting to kind of nag in the back of Predators fans' minds. And that is, are, should we be concerned about Nashville's prospect development and asset management? Let me just kind of reassure you about that nagging question first. I think it's fair to ask that because this is a really important time. Now more than ever, Nashville has to be good at managing assets and developing young players because that's what you're building this team on. So I think it's a fair question to say, hey, are we going down a road that sees us losing a valuable first round player potentially for nothing and, and getting nothing for the team out of it? So I think it's fair to ask that question. I think it's understandable that Predators fans are feeling nervous about it. Here's what I would say. Be reassured. Uh, look at what's happening in Milwaukee. We have some success in developing players at that level. You've got a Milwaukee Admirals team that went to the Western Conference Finals last season. They were one game away from being a Calder Cup contender. Right now, of course, we know they are on a 14-game win streak. They are tearing it up in the standings, and they're doing that with players who are relatively new to the AHL. You've got some players just kind of coming in and getting that experience. So I think we can say that the Nashville Predators are probably drafting well. I think they're developing well. Where maybe there is a hitch in the giddy-up is getting players to transition from the AHL to the NHL. And that's something that can be difficult regardless of the talent level of the players and the drafting of the franchise. So why exactly was Phil Tomasino sent down? And what did Andrew Burnett have to say about that decision? We asked him yesterday after practice about Phil Tomasino and the move to send him to Milwaukee. This is what Andrew Burnett had to say. Well, I think it's similar to Parse. We were just looking for that consistency in his game. Um, and it's hard to find his game when some nights when he's not ready to play. He plays eight minutes or nine minutes and kind of like Parse. Um, go down, play, play 20 minutes a night. He'll be back. He'll be better for it. But it's just part of the development of a player. A couple weeks ago, you said it was kind of trust late in the game. You didn't have that trust. Is that, is that going through as well? A little bit. And again, it, there's certain nights he has it, and, and you feel you feel good with him. And there's certain nights where you lose him a little bit, and, and that's part of being a young player. And the the issue is you just can't wait. I just can't wait anymore. We're, we're in a crunch time right now, and um, get his game right. We can use him. You know, when he comes back, he'll be ready. Um, you don't want to be doing making these changes, um, but I just think twofold. One, obviously, we're in a playoff race, and two, we have to look at what's best for the, the young player. And I don't want him to lose too much confidence up here. Um, try to get him going, got him going in spurts. I'm, I'm proud of what he, how much he's grown. He's a much better player than, than the start of the year when we had him. Um, so this is just another part of being a pro. I mean, um, you go down, play, and get rewarded. I think there's a couple things that we need to take away from Andrew Burnett's comments. First of all, I think he's very positive about Phil Tomasino's future. He doesn't seem to think that this is going to be a long-term issue, that this is going to be uh, something that's going to really stunt his growth and his position with the Nashville Predators. 
it's about playing time. It's about getting consistent minutes, something that we've got to be honest, he's not getting right now in Nashville. So I do think it's good to hear that there are some positive things. And I think as a fan base, we can say we've seen improvement from Phil Tomasino this season, which is part of why it makes this move a little bit tricky to swallow right now. Andrew Bennett talked about timing. We can't wait. We've got to get him going. We're going to circle back to that comment coming up in our next segment. I'm also going to be devil's advocate. I've sat here and said that it's okay, and I think that it is fair for Nashville Predators fans to be concerned about the future of Phil Tomasino with this franchise. And are we seeing history repeat itself? And I stand by that. I think it's valid for Nashville Predators fans to say, hey, we've seen this before and it has not necessarily gone well and we're a little bit concerned. Um, but I'm going to play devil's advocate when we come back and tell you why it might be a little more okay than it feels. We're going to talk about that coming up in just a moment. First of all, I'll let you know this episode is brought to you today by our great friends at FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book because right now new customers are going to get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. So you can bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with things like quick bets. They have live same game parlays. They have exclusive props and more. So just go and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel is the official sportsbook partner of the NBA. So the Nashville Predators hoping to build on their Saturday night momentum as they take on the New Jersey Devils tonight at Bridgestone Arena. Of course, the Nashville Predators will be doing that without forward Phil Tomasino, who was reassigned to Milwaukee yesterday. Talked earlier about why I think it's okay for fans to be a little bit nervous about what they're seeing with Phil Tomasino's relationship and progression with the Predators. But I want to play devil's advocate here and just point out a couple of things that hopefully will give some context and perspective to this move and maybe hold off the panic for just a little bit. I'm not saying forever. But let's let's look at the context here. Number one, this is not the first time that we are hearing these things about Phil Tomasino. You know, we look back at John Hines's tenure and John Hines really went through the same thing with Phil Tomasino. It was an up and down trajectory for Tomo under John Hines. He talked about playing with consistency. He talked about kind of filling out a 200 foot game and there being some gaps in the game with Phil Tomasino. So you have two coaches who have dealt with Tomo in a similar way. You also have two general managers who felt comfortable pulling the trigger on moving him to Milwaukee. Last season, he started in Milwaukee, you know, which was a big deal because he had been playing NHL minutes the season prior to that. So you have four people who have eyes on Phil Tomasino day in and day out in practices, who really are looking at every aspect of his game, who say, we see something here, but we need more and there's a next level. So I think it's important to remember that this isn't something new from Tomasino, that his development has kind of been this way. So I don't think that that's necessarily a bad sign. Nobody, none of those four people ever said anything about him not being a piece for the Predators. 
course, they never came out and said that about Ellie Tolvanen either. So I can I, I get the concern. The second thing I will say is I think timing matters. Right now, the Nashville Predators are in the run to try to get into the postseason. And it's make or break time, even though we still have 30 games to go. Andrew Brunette said, you know, I really can't wait any longer. And I think this may be why. I think the Nashville Predators want Phil Tomasino here if they make it into the postseason. You want to get him to a place where he's ready to be back with this team and play in the postseason because he needs that valuable postseason experience. You want players like Tomo and you want a player like Yuso Parsonen to get to their game, to get their confidence, to improve in those little areas that are lacking so that when they come back, they are ready to contribute in a postseason run, not because the Nashville Predators are going to make a deep playoff run, but because those are two young players who need to have that experience. They need to know what it takes to be ready mentally and physically after an 82-game season to play in the postseason. So I think that timing-wise, this is when you want to make sure you can get Phil Tomasino and even Yuso Parsonen back up to speed because you want them back here if the Predators do make it into the postseason. The other thing that I think kind of keeps this in perspective is remember that the Tomasino move did not happen in a vacuum. Phil Tomasino was reassigned to Milwaukee at the same time, recalled to Nashville were Mark Jankowski and Igor, Igor Afanasiev. He's probably very eager to be here too. These are two players in Milwaukee who have literally done everything to prove that they are ready to be back and play NHL minutes. So you kind of have to look at this Phil Tomasino move in the bigger picture because you have players in Milwaukee that need to be in the NHL. They need to get some NHL time. They are playing with confidence. They are playing the best hockey that they played in their careers. They've done everything to earn it. This is the time where you can send Tomasino down and you can bring up two players and see them contribute without it really costing the team a ton. And Jankowski and Afanasiev, this ain't nothing that we're bringing up here to Nashville. Mark Jankowski is third in the AHL in points in the entire AHL league. Igor Afanasiev is sixth in the league in points. He's fifth in goals. Afanasiev has 21 goals and 42 points in 42 games in Milwaukee. He is absolutely playing the best hockey of his career. He is on fire. He is scoring offensively. He is playing fantastic on special teams. He's got some shorthanded goals. Um, you're really seeing a difference in his game this season in Milwaukee compared to last season. Mark Jankowski, this is somebody who has plenty of NHL experience. He's played 324 total NHL games. He's been up already in Nashville for two games this season. 40 games played in Milwaukee, 47 points. So what is going so well for these two players, especially for Igor Afanasiev, who played a few games at the end of last season to get his first taste of NHL experience? He is coming back. We got a chance to talk to Igor yesterday after practice. This is what he had to say. I mean, as a hockey player, I mean, as a person, you know, I think mentally it's the first part, you know, when you're feeling great mentally, I think that's where the success comes from. So uh, obviously, you know, me and Jenko being called up, it's, it's great for us. And we're going to try to uh, impact, you know, as much as we impact that down, down there, uh, do as much as impact over here. I mean, just, just the confidence, you know, having the confidence out there, uh, 
you know the you know you're trying to make a play you know the play is going to get through through the d's you know through the d stick whatever and you know just like i said trying to trying to do the same thing here so something that's really important to note, Mark Jankowski and Igor Afanasyev have been playing together almost all season in Milwaukee on a line with Zachary LaRue, another player in Milwaukee who is absolutely tearing it up. So you have these two players coming up together who have some chemistry. In practice yesterday, they did skate together with Luke Evangelista. Not 100% sure that that's where those two are going to be, if they're going to be with Evangelista or somebody else. But you've got two players who are playing with chemistry. You also have two players that are playing with a lot of confidence. And right now, that's something the Nashville Predators need. They need players to come in who are playing with confidence, who are not pausing to second guess a play, who are not hesitant about taking a shot or making a move or making a play. And that's what you're going to get out of Afanasiev and Jankowski together. Also, like I mentioned, they both play on special teams in Milwaukee. Both of them have been very good on the penalty kill, something that Nashville could maybe use a little bit of a boost with uh, looking ahead. Looking ahead to tonight's game, you do have to ask yourself, is the confidence that Afanasiev and Jankowski are playing with in Milwaukee, is that going to translate to the NHL? Tonight's going to be a great test facing the New Jersey Devils. They are 26-21-4. Tonight's game is going to be the second game of a back-to-back -back for New Jersey. Last night, they played the Seattle Kraken at home and defeated the Kraken. So let's see if Afanasiev and Jankowski can spark some offense, something they've been very good at in Milwaukee, and maybe play with confidence. Confidence is contagious. And I will tell you in talking with both of them yesterday, they are very excited to be up here in Nashville and they are very confident. It's, it is a different Igor Afanasiev that we talked to yesterday than the one that we spoke with even in training camp. So I'm very interested and excited to see how he does tonight against a team like the New Jersey Devils. Of course, we know tonight's points are going to be very important because the Preds are battling to try to get back into the wild card spot. Coming up, I'm going to be joined by Erica Ayala, host of Locked on Kraken, and she and I are going to take a quick look at that wild card race. First, though, want to let you know today's episode is brought to you by our great friends at Sleeper. The Nashville Predators are in the playoff hunt. They're looking to get that win tonight against the Devils. But regardless of what happens on the ice with the Predators, I want to remind you that you can win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports, especially daily fantasy hockey, because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. All you have to do with Sleeper is pick whether players like Philip Forsberg, Ryan O'Reilly, Roman Yossi, or hey, Igor Afanasyev will record more or less than their Sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, shots on goal, plus minus, or more. To win your 100 times bet on Sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. That's right. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. 
Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you're going to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availabilities. So I am here with Erica L. Ayala. She is the host of Locked on Kraken. And we're going to talk wild card, which is a wild topic, no pun intended, because there is so much happening, especially in the Western Conference, when we're looking at this wild card chase, Seattle in the mix, Nashville in the mix. We're going to talk about what's going on here. And at the end, we may have some bold predictions for how this is all going to shake out. I think Nashville and Seattle are coming at this wild card race from two very different places. And correct me if I'm wrong, you know, Nashville, they're in a reset. We're under new general manager, Barry Trotz. This is kind of a focus on developing some of these first round picks that we've got in Milwaukee and the AHL and getting them up to speed and seeing what we have here and building around that. But after last season's, you know, postseason success for Seattle, didn't you all kind of feel like this was going to be a year where the playoffs were going to be more, you know, more expected for you all? Well, that was the hope. And that was, yes, the expectation, because that's what I talk about on Locked on Kraken all the time. It seemed was the MO, right? The motivation uh, for the Seattle Kraken is to, when we get to the playoffs, that we're going to be there. Now, I think there are a few things that we have to take into consideration. One is, and I talked about this on the show last uh, last year a lot, the Locked on Kraken show. And I'm sure we've talked about it on our squad cast. The Seattle Kraken arrived early okay (laughs) and like not like a cute like 15 minutes early we're talking like 45 50 minutes and you're like oh do I help set up the do I help set up the party like what do I do now because do I do I leave and come back like you know do I take a little nap like that's kind of the vibe you know we we arrived earlier than anticipated so we had to deal with that And And there's a lot going on with some of these other teams that are in the wild card chase. So let's kind of talk through some of these teams or, or kind of make some predictions. What do you see as you're looking at this wild card list? So as we're recording this, we have LA is in uh, the first spot. They're tied in the first spot with the St. Louis blues, the St. Louis blues. I had to read it twice. Uh, 58 points. Then we have the Nashville Predators at 56 points. The Predators have actually played uh, uh, one more game than the Blues, two more games than the Kings as of the time that we record this. You've got the Calgary Flames in fourth in the wildcard ranking, and then you've got the Kraken. Uh, right there with 52 points in in the Western here in the wild card. Is there a team that that you look at on that list and you jump out and you say, you know what, I think this this guy is, as I like to call them, the Vivian Ward of the wild card race. It's a sure thing. Like, wow. Um, you know, I wish I could. Yeah. But um, you know, there there are just a few things that stand out to me, and again, things that we've talked about on Locked on Kraken. So we've talked about Nashville and I hear where you're coming from as far as the Kraken maybe being a little bit of a bugaboo. But for me, mm-hmm. I see a Nashville team that again is is confident in what their plan is. It seems like all of the arrows are aligned and pointed in the right way. And that that and and they've already made their changes, right? They made their right. personnel changes. The Seattle Kraken have not if we just stick to personnel changes, we also know that the Kings have made some changes, but then I also look at their goal differential and I I'm talking about the Seattle Kraken team that is offensively anemic 
again. And, you know, a plus 24, I'm not saying that's an easy target when, you know, we're having trouble scoring goals. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because you look at this list and, and you would think, you know, there's, you know, 30, 32 games, depending on kind of where these teams are in their season, but you're looking at a, approximately 30 games left in the season. You feel like there should be a pretty good indicator of who is it that really down this final stretch, you know, the cream is going to rise to the top. And I'm with you, you look at this list and you say, man, I don't know the LA Kings on the one hand, I look at their roster and I think, okay, this is a team that should be a, a playoff team, but they're having trouble getting it together. They're having long stretches where they just are not getting it together. The Nashville Predators were such a generous host in that we went ahead and let them win before the all-star break in our own building uh, to help them feel better about themselves. But, you know, there's there's things going on with the Kings that, that really could be problems for them. The St. Louis yep. Blues, I again, I'm like, the St. Louis Blues, how did this even happen here? I'm not sure. You look at Calgary. You feel like, okay, Calgary is making a push. They could be a team that does it. But then I'm hearing, wait a minute, Calgary is still going to be sellers at the trade deadline. So who knows yeah, what true. this team is going to look like after March 8th? And are they still going to have the pieces that have kind of helped them get back there? And I look at the Seattle team and I think all it takes is another one of those runs for the Seattle Kraken to find their way back up to the top. You know, Nashville... You know, as somebody who covers this team, who follows this team, I don't know that anybody really predicted that the Predators would be in a playoff race at this point. But now that they're here, it's a little bit of a tricky situation because you want to make it into the playoffs. This is a team that's got some young players on it and is not expected to make any sort of a deep postseason run. But you get these young players uh, a first round playoff, you know, a series and you get them some experience, that's valuable experience to know like, hey, yeah. this is the level you play at. This is how you manage the workload at the end of an 82 game regular season. So they want to make the playoffs, but you also have to make decisions that continue to put you on the trajectory that you want to be at three seasons from now. That so part. That's a dance. And it's like, how how are those two things going to continue to balance out for the next 30 games for teams like Seattle, for teams like Nashville? And as you look at this list of wildcard teams, I just I, I don't see one team where I say this team is going to have it together consistently with healthy players and a roster that can get it done in 30 games. It's it's a yeah, mystery. Yeah, but I think to your point, the the LA Kings at least have a little bit of that recency bias in that they, in theory, should know some of that. Where the right. Kraken, what you just described for Nashville is effectively the the problem maybe for Seattle is that we didn't um, we didn't calibrate correctly after making again a run that arrived earlier than most thought. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Erica Ayala, will you let everyone know where can we find you? Where can we find your work? Yes, you can find Locked on Kraken wherever you listen to the Locked on Podcast Network. So that's YouTube. You can listen on your favorite audio app or even the Sirius SXM app. And you can find the show at Locked on Kraken, most active on uh 
I still call it Twitter because why not? Uh, but we're most active on Twitter. You can also find my work, especially if you're interested in women's hockey, which I know you and I also talked about. But if you're interested in women's hockey, you can also find me at Black Rosie Media, which is a platform to empower Black women and melanated creators in sports media. I want to thank Erica Ayala for joining me to talk all things wildcard race. Again, remember tonight, the Nashville Predators are going to try to gain two points and move up in the wildcard chase against the New Jersey Devils. Puck drop is scheduled for 7 p.m. at Bridgestone Arena. We're going to have your complete recap on tomorrow's show, including our one word to describe the game. And we're going to talk about what we see from Igor Afanasyev and Mark Jankowski. In the meantime, you can check out my work on the Nashville Predators at InsideThePreds.com. Be sure to follow the podcast at LO underscore Predators on social media and leave a comment on our YouTube page. Let me know how you're feeling about Phil Tomasino's future. That's going to do it for us today on the Locked on Predators podcast. Again, thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Going to be back tomorrow with an all new episode. We'll see you then.